0: Welcome to the show. I have to just say from the top here that I'm recording a solo for the first time ever from the studio. So I'm really not used to doing this. (laughs) It's just me and Ashley, my producer, in here, which is good because we're in the trust tree. This is a safe space, but it's like a totally different feeling from recording it just from the comfort of my home. And this episode is pretty daunting for me. I'm going to be talking about my relationship in a general way. I don't want to disclose any private information. I want to respect my ex-husband and our agreements and all of that. But I know that there's a lot of interest in it and moving forward. Something that I'm really looking forward about this part of my life is being able to be more open, more vulnerable with you guys and with this community because I feel like you guys have supported me through so much. So. That's what this episode is going to be about. We have a saying in recovery, like what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And that's kind of the format that I'm following here. And of course, I put a question box up on Instagram last week for this episode. So I'm going to be using the questions that I got from you guys. I don't know that I feel like I have so much wisdom or anything to impart. And obviously, you know, this is so new. So I did get a lot of questions about like moving on and single life and do I want to get married again? And I'm like, whoa, I am not there yet. You know, it's still very raw and still very new. And in some ways, it's been kind of amazing. And then in other ways, you know, it's really sad and just all the things. I'm definitely on the roller coaster. Yesterday, I felt like I was on top of the world. And then today, I have just been kind of like emotional and a little bit in a weird place. So that's where I am. And actually, the first question that I had here was, how are you like actually? <laughs> Which I liked because we all say, fine, good. I'm good, right? I'm okay. I'm good. That's like my go-to default answer always when somebody asks how I'm doing. But how am I, like, actually? Again, I think that every day is different. Every moment of every day is different. And that's just life. I mean, I have so many feelings and emotions and everything on any given day. And the same goes for in this situation. Like, I can be totally fine and then something can remind me of my ex or just make me feel sad. I shared on TikTok. I cooked for myself the other night for the first time. I mean, for the first time, I've only been moved out for like two weeks, but still that was something that was actually really hard because I'm so used to cooking in my old kitchen and cooking for two. And it's just been something that I haven't wanted to do because it strangely makes me really sad. And I've found that it's those little things those little reminders that really sting the most. And I'm sure that we all have those. I have all of those little moments that remind me of things that I shared and had in my relationship that kind of come out of nowhere. And it's like that punch in the gut. But I made dinner for myself and it ended up being really good. And I felt really happy and like kind of weirdly proud of myself. So all of that is to say, It's a roller coaster. This episode is probably going to be a roller coaster. I already feel like I'm all over the place and I've barely even answered one question, but that's just where I am and how I'm doing right now. So, okay. the other main question was, of course, what happened? And again, I'm not going to like speak too much to the details because we agreed to keep everything private. And, you know, I really want to respect Chuck and all of that people have like crazy theories of why we broke up. And one of the theories that I've seen is it was because I got procedures or things like that. It was nothing that either of us did. I think that it's kind of like Occam's razor, Occam's razor. I just looked up the pronunciation of this right before we recorded and now I can't even remember what it was. Occam's razor, right, Ashley? Yeah. she's Okay. It's essentially the principle that the most obvious answer is usually the answer. And I think when you look at my relationship, there was a very obvious thing that was a fundamental difference that he and I both had, essentially being that we were just, you know, in very different places in our lives because of our ages. And I think that, again, not speaking for him. And if anybody is listening to this, On the legal side of things i'm not disclosing anything (laughs) you can look at a picture of us and see the differences i'm not disclosing anything private but i think anybody could understand that being in a relationship where there's a big age difference that is something that you really have to work on and it can create kind of a chasm and you have to really work to bridge that chasm bridge that gap And, you know, ultimately, I think that we were just in two different places in our lives. There was nothing scandalous, nothing nefarious going on. There's no theory that is correct that I've seen. You know, it's really just like at the end of the day, it just couldn't work. And that was so hard. And I did see a question. I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but somebody asked how to find the courage to leave a relationship that isn't bad and that other people would actually think is really good. And that was like so hard for me and so hard for him too, I think, because there was no lack of love. I love him so much. I have so much love for him and vice versa. And he and I are really good. That was really hard because you get the Fear based thinking. And I think that we all have these kind of limiting beliefs. And I remember when Alyssa Lynch came on my podcast, we were talking about this because she had just gone through a breakup. And she was talking about the things that you start to tell yourself and the things that your brain kind of throws at you like, well, maybe we shouldn't break up because who's going to keep the couch? You know, and you like cling to these things. And when there's no lack of love and when the relationship, Is not bad, it can be really, really scary to make that decision to end it because I can just speak for myself. I would think if I give up this relationship with this really amazing person, what if I don't find anybody else? And then I'm going to have all these regrets and then I'm going to be miserable and then I'm going to be lonely. And you just take that further and further and kind of spiral with it. And It's kind of like a scarcity mindset, but I think it's totally understandable, especially just given how things are right now in our culture with dating and being in L.A. where I see my friends who are single and they just have like nightmare stories. And when you have somebody who's really good and you have that companionship and that love, it's really hard to make that decision. But I think, you know, the piece of it, like, how do you leave a relationship that is not bad and that other people would think is good? It doesn't really matter what other people think because they're not in your relationship. They don't know how it feels. Only you know how it feels. And I had a life that probably looked really good on the outside and it was really good in so many ways. But I remember like in the last few months, I would wake up at like two, three, four in the morning. I don't know if I even should share this it's like so personal, but I would wake up like jolted awake in the dead of night. And just my first thought was like, I hate my life. (laughs) And that's like awful to even say, because I have so much to be grateful for. And there was nothing that was bad. It was just this inner turmoil that I had been living with for so long that was really eating away at me. And the longer you stuff that down, the more it's gonna come out in so many different ways and it's gonna manifest in so many ways, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. You know, I feel like the last six months of my life has been like a slow unraveling of everything from my physical health to my mental health and everything because I wasn't confronting these things really. And I felt so like bad about myself, even saying it now, I still kind of feel like I have shame for even having those thoughts. But that's just the reality of it. So I think now that I'm like way off on a tangent, only you know how you feel in that relationship. And I think that we all know ultimately if we should stay or go. That was another common question that I got like, how do you know when it's time to leave? I will say it was a mutual thing. So it wasn't like I decided or he decided, it was very mutual. But I think that if we're being really honest with ourselves, We know, but it's just, are we going to have the courage to overcome those fearful scarcity thoughts or are we going to stay out of comfort? And I don't judge anybody for doing either. And I do realize that, like, I had it so easy because I don't have kids. There were no financial constraints. I know that some women can't leave because They might not have a career and they might not have money to start over. And that's like such a terrible place to be. I do think that inaction is more painful than action. That's what I'll say about that. If you feel like you just don't have the time in your life to prioritize wellness, I totally get this. I think that wellness seems very daunting to a lot of people and they don't know where to start. But I have this kind of hack that makes it so easy to fit not only just movement, but things like self-care and meditation and breath work and all of that into your schedule. So I absolutely love Aloe Moves. It's totally changed my whole mindset around wellness. So the app makes it so easy to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place. There's yoga, there's Pilates, there's fitness classes, there's mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, and so much more. So from beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flow or class that will fit your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes, sometimes that's all you have and it's better than nothing, to an hour depending on whatever you are feeling that day. They have sweat-inducing yoga flows, high-intensity classes, reformer Pilates, and so much more. Or if you're looking for stress relief, they have amazing meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha. I learned how to do gua sha and dry brushing from Aloe Moves. And they have journaling as well for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, which is the foundation of everything, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Aloe Moves, I have been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer, which is absolutely key because if i don't get my sleep everything else unravels so unlock your personal wellness routine with allo moves go to allomoves.com now and use the code blonde30 for an exclusive 30 day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership that's allomoves.com and the code is blonde30 again allomoves.com code blonde30 are you looking for some good clean positivity good me neither i'm maddie murphy and i host the bad broadcast a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we'd love to hate i searched my whole life to find my passion little did i know i had been practicing my true talent every single day complaining join me every monday wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on instagram at the bad broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show see you there this show is sponsored by better help on my episode last week, my guest and I were talking a lot about purpose and passion in our lives. And I got a lot of feedback from people who said that they really want to find purpose, but they don't really know what's important to them. So in my experience, Therapy is such a useful tool to help find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I've been in therapy my whole life and I've benefited from it so much, especially in the last 10 years in my sobriety. I think that there is a misconception about therapy that it's only helpful when things are really challenging, which it absolutely can be. But for me, I find that it's so helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It really helps to empower me to be the best version of myself. And it's helped me to kind of hone in on my passions and my purpose and allows me to recognize what those things are and then build on them. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com files today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, files. How do I feel about things ending so publicly? I was kind of hoping that this time around was not going to be public. When we separated, we had a statement that we put out just because we knew that people might try to make up stories or make up theories. And we wanted to be really clear that like we decided to do this mutually and things were good. So I understood why it was public that time. This time, I was hoping that people just kind of assumed that we were already divorced because I think a lot of people thought that we did get divorced in 2022 and that we were going to avoid any public scrutiny. Obviously, we're not like JLo and Ben. (laughs) People don't really care that much. But it did become newsworthy for a few days. And it's kind of awful having that stuff be public. It's such a painful thing to go through to begin with and then to have people's opinions and judgments and all of that added on top of that it's painful but I will say I think that being an influencer for 6 years and having my life be public and dealing with people's opinions and trolling and everything on a daily basis I was prepared to just move through that and really I don't pay attention I looked once to see like what articles were up and I got the gist of what people were saying. And then I moved on. And for the most part, people have been really supportive. Somebody asked the worst part of things being public. And I will say the worst part of all of this being public was getting people's opinions on the financial part of the settlement. So first of all, Most of what is reported is not accurate, but I would get, I still get text messages from people I know. I get comments and DMs from people I don't know saying what I should or should not have gotten, which is like, what not to say to a person who just got divorced 101. Like, just don't comment on any of it. Just if you want to offer support or whatever, fine. But that I found to be so so incredibly toxic because we did this with so much love. I walked away feeling so good about everything. And then when you get that in your head, it just kind of fucked with me a little bit, to be totally honest. And people just don't know. like, They don't know my circumstances. They don't know the circumstances between us. And as far as everything, I will say, he asked me what I wanted. I told him what I wanted. He gave me what I wanted the end, period, end of story. So, you know, getting people's input about that after it's done too. I'm like, it's done. Like, what do you want me to do? I can't do anything. That was probably the worst part about things being public this time. But for the most part, people have been so, so supportive, which has been amazing. Did we have a prenup? Again, this is all on TMZ. So If anyone is listening and they're trying to hit me with a fine, this is all public (laughs) information. Yes, we had a prenup. Do I agree with the reasons for the divorce? Yes, we both had the same reasons. What will I do with my settlement, which is half after taxes? No, settlements aren't taxed. I'm saving everything. Will I change my last name? Nope, I'm keeping my last name. Do I have kids on the brain now since there are new possibilities for relationships in the future? Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) No kids on the brain. If anything, I am like more grateful that I don't have kids, that I don't want kids because that definitely adds so much pressure. I'm 38 years old and... I think that if that was something that was really important to me, I would probably be feeling a lot more stressed about where I am right now and about dating and relationships and all of that. I don't have that pressure of having the ticking time bomb or the, what do they call it? Biological clock. Thank you. (laughs) I don't have any of that. And I have no desire to find a new relationship and have kids with anybody, if anything, I feel like I'm so excited that I have complete autonomy now of my life. I mean, I always had autonomy and I always had a lot of independence within my relationship, but now I kind of feel like, you know, I can do anything. I'm so excited about things in my career. I'm so excited about just being able to like travel more and focus on my relationships like with my girlfriends and meet new people and you know there's so many things that I'm looking forward to and not having kids is like amazing because I can do all of that (laughs) Um, and somebody asked did I freeze my eggs as well no so I talked a few years ago about maybe freezing my eggs you know I remember when I turned 30, this is before I was even in a relationship, I was having that existential crisis that you have when you're turning 30 because you think 30 is ancient. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, I was a little baby. But I remember thinking, like, maybe I need to freeze my eggs just as quote unquote insurance. And that was when I spoke to somebody who's like a mentor of mine. And she said, Well, do you even want kids? And I thought about it and I was like, Oh, yeah, no, no, I don't. Like, I had never even thought about whether that was something I wanted or not. Then I would say maybe two years ago, I started thinking again, like, I think because the biological clock, you know, it's like the end is near. (laughs) So I was kind of like, well, maybe I should do it because I feel like since I got sober at 28 and I started drinking at 18, it's almost like when I got sober, I felt like I was the age where I started drinking, if that makes sense. So I feel like the last decade of my life were kind of like my 20s because my real 20s were just like spent in a blackout essentially. And I kind of did a lot of the things in my 30s that people do in their 20s. And so I started to worry that, well, maybe when I turn 40, I'm going to feel like I'm in my 30s and maybe then I'll be ready to have kids and I'll change my mind. And I got all this crazy thinking. And like I went to this OBGYN and I remember she asked if I wanted kids and I said no. And she said, well, Okay, I just want to warn you. I've had so many patients who have sat where you're sitting and said the same thing. And then they come back five years later and all they want is to have a kid. And so that got into my head. But at the end of the day, I know myself. I just don't have that maternal thing. Like I had it for my dog. (laughs) That was like amazing for me, you know? And I just don't, I don't know. I like other people's kids, but I just really don't want my own. So, Long-winded answer is no, I didn't freeze my eggs. No, I do not have kids on the brain at all, except for how grateful I am that I don't have kids. Okay. How do I feel about dating at almost 40? I feel amazing at dating at almost 40. Thank you for the reminder that I'm almost 40. (laughs) Like, I love how that's phrased. I have a couple years. Thank you. But I get, I get the question. This is kind of like fresh on my mind because my episode with Dorana Elmi released today and we were talking a lot about this and I don't want to completely just repeat everything that I said there, but I feel the same. I mean, I recorded that last week and i was saying that like, I feel like I'm in my twenties, except with more money, more purpose, more fulfillment. More clarity, more wisdom, more direction, more relationships, just more of everything, more gratitude, more confidence, more self esteem. Like, I'm sober, obviously. So I feel like this is actually an amazing time to be single, or if I meet somebody, like, I don't know. I think, again, because I don't have kids, don't want kids, it's not as daunting, but. There's nothing about it that is making me feel anxious at this moment. I feel excited. And I did also get a question or no, actually, that was a statement. Somebody said, all the good men are taken. I totally disagree, especially since this person brought it up rounding 40. I feel like there's a bunch of like divorced actually, my friend calls them divorced dads, but just divorced guys in their 40s who kind of had their starter marriage and now they're single. And, you know, I don't think somebody who's divorced is necessarily a bad thing. Like I look at myself and I'm like so grateful for the last eight years and for the five years that we were married because I learned so much. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about relationships and that's something that I'll bring into my next relationship. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of good guys in their forties. I've already met some good guys. I don't even know if I should say that. (laughs) I'm not even looking like they're just appearing And and they're like amazing. I do I do like an older man. I will say we're definitely going a little younger this time, but I would say like my ideal, it's like 40 to like early to mid fifties, even like that's kind of what I'm attracted to. And I feel like there's so many good single guys in that age range who like have their shit together and know what they want and know how to, treat a woman and maybe they have some relationship experience that they learned from too and they can be a really good partner so I don't even remember what was the original question how do I feel about dating I feel great about dating (laughs) do I think all the good men are taken no Shorter, gloomier, gray days means that it is time to focus on getting vitamin D in your diet, but it can be very difficult. In fact, 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from just their diet alone. But rituals essential for women 18 plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. If you guys haven't listened to my episode that I did with Kat Schneider last fall, she's the founder of Ritual. I highly recommend going back and listening to it because not only does she have all of the clinical data to back up what the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin can do, but she also shares some really fascinating and shocking information about where most supplements source things like their vitamin D, what's actually in the capsules of other supplements. And it was really interesting and really eye-opening. So I like to take my essential for women 18 plus every morning. And one of the things that I absolutely love about it is that it is a delayed release. So there are nine key nutrients in the two capsules and they optimize your body's absorption. It's gentle on an empty stomach. And there's also a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking your multivitamins actually enjoyable. Also, all of the ingredients are high quality and traceable in clean bioavailable Forms And rituals essential for women 18 plus is USP verified. So you know that you can trust what you're putting in your body. In fact, only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. And they have industry leading sustainable standards as well. So Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging. They prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients and set ambitious climate goals. And of course, it's a female Founded B Corp, meaning they're holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com blonde. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com blonde for 20% off. I know so many of us are trying to be a lot more intentional and deliberate about the products that we use, not only on our bodies, but in our homes. And one thing that is often overlooked is our cookware. But I think people are becoming more aware of potentially harmful ingredients in things like our cookware. Cookware, kitchenware, all of that. For years, I have been using Caraway. Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is definitely a staple for any home. It comes in various beautiful modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic. And you can ditch the chemicals with Caraway. So, Caraway Homes non toxic kitchenware. Features a chemical free ceramic coating so food can be prepped with peace of mind that no hard to pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. All sets come equipped with complimentary easy access storage solutions to keep the kitchen tidy, and they just have so much to choose from. So, I actually have been using the stainless steel. I absolutely Love it. All of Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like PFAs, PTFE, PFOA, or other hard-to-pronounce chemicals. And their naturally slick surfaces means minimal oil or butter for slide-off-the-pan eggs and easy cleaning. Over 65,000 people have rated five stars about their Caraway kitchen, and now it's time to try it for yourself. So visit carawayhome.com blonde to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for my listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay. What am I doing in terms of a living situation? i Am I going to move to New York or stay in L.A.? I have a commitment here in L.A. that I've had from last June that goes until this June. So I have to be here. And it's interesting because before we got divorced, I would have said I would move to New York in a heartbeat, like as soon as I can. Now I'm kind of reevaluating that. And what I ended up doing was I got a short term rental which I have an option of making long term if I want to. And my plan is to just kind of make the most out of that and just see where life takes me. I mean, ideally, I'm thinking I'll probably do LA and New York, LA, Miami, maybe, maybe a summer place. I don't know. I have no idea. It's so hard to say right now because everything is so fresh. I got disillusioned by LA and New York was kind of my escape. But now that I'm living somewhere different, I'm kind of closer to the area that I like to be. I don't know. I'm starting to actually kind of like L.A. again. So maybe it was just circumstances before that had me feeling like I really wanted to leave. I do love New York, obviously, like I love the city, but I don't know that I could live there. So TBD on that one. How do I feel about living alone? I love living alone. I am very independent and I really, really, really like my space. So I've always loved living alone when I've lived alone. And I love being alone and I love traveling alone. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's the introvert in me. I really get my energy and recharge and feel my best when I'm alone. And then, like, when I'm recharged, then I like to go out and be social and all of that. But just having my own space is really important to me. And I'm really excited to design and decorate and do all of that. I'm so into all of that, as you guys know, and to just be able to do whatever I want stylistically, like that's very exciting to me. Yeah. I mean, it's an adjustment for sure. And sometimes it is hard, but sometimes it's great. It's like that Linda Evangelista quote that went viral, like maybe a month ago, they asked if she was dating and she was like, no, because like, I don't want to listen to somebody else breathe. And I was like, yes, (laughs) that's exactly how I feel right now. Like I can sleep in the middle of the bed. Nobody's breathing around me and I can do my Carrie Bradshaw SSB, my secret single behavior. You know, we all have that SSB. I'm trying to make the most out of it. What good came from my relationship? What am I grateful to Chuck for? I mean, I feel like only good came from that relationship. And I'm grateful to Chuck for so, so, so much. He knew when we started dating. At that time, I was maybe two years sober, kind of just starting out in my career. I remember him saying, like, you're going to be a totally different person at five years sober, at 10 years sober. And he was like, you might want something different, but I'm so stubborn and self-will that I was like, no, I know what I want and I want it now. And (laughs) he gave me so much room to become the person that I am now. And I think he did that maybe even like knowing that We might grow in different directions. And like he still was there and supported me. And I, I don't know. I'll always be grateful for him for that. He taught me so much. Like he's the smartest person that I've ever met in my life. And I was like a sponge around him. He showed me so much of the world. He's so wise. He provided a safety net. Like I really would not have the career that I have today either because I was able to just kind of like fearlessly dive in and try new things and experiment and like start my career as an influencer, you know, not having to worry about anything because I had him there supporting me emotionally. You know, he provided a financial safety net. I'm never going to pretend like that wasn't there. You know, I had this kind of like interesting big life that was a backdrop that was maybe compelling for people to follow along. So I feel like he's, you know, responsible for so much of what I have today. And I'll always be grateful to him for that. Yeah, so much good came from that relationship. I had the most incredible last eight years of my life, you know, and it was all because of him and the life that we had together and that relationship. What I really love about him is that he has so much and he's the least pretentious, most humble person ever. You would never know how much he has just from meeting him because all he cares about is philanthropy and giving back. And that's his real passion right now, besides obviously TV. And, you know, he really taught me like what it means to be humble and That became something that I value so much and that's really something that I think I'll look for in another partner, you know, is that just humility, generosity, and I don't know how to phrase it, but like his desire to be of service, he did kind of show me like what qualities to look for in a partner, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm phrasing that right. Anyway. (laughs) Will I date older men (laughs) like my ex? I covered that already. Will we continue a friendship? Yes. Hopefully, you know, we'll be very close friends. That's what we kind of vowed to do. And so far with some boundaries, (laughs) we are maintaining that. Do big life transitions trigger anxiety and alter my wellness routines? And how do I handle that? And somebody also asked if I worry about relapsing when going through hard times and big emotions. So I'll start with the relapsing thing. No, in 10 years tomorrow, knock on wood and thank God, I can't remember any time that I've gone through something where I felt like I wanted to drink or do drugs. Sometimes I want a cigarette. (laughs) Not going to lie. That's when I know I'm going through something like really hard because I'm like, God, I just would love a cigarette right now. But then I play the tape through and I'm like, no, I'd probably vomit. Like I cannot even imagine at this point. I can't even eat like dairy. You know, I don't think that I would do well with nicotine. But (laughs) that's like the one thing that I sometimes crave. But I think that if anything, I am safer during challenging times because I pour myself more into my recovery. So I remember somebody telling me like, More people go out when things are good than when things are bad, because when things are bad, I know what I have to do or not. I don't think things are quote unquote bad right now, but when things get challenging, I know what I have to do. I know what I want to do. You know, I want to put my recovery first because I know the things that help me and that really helps me. It's when life gets really busy and when things get really good and I start to think that you know, maybe I'm immune to it and I don't have to do as much for my recovery. That is when I think I'm in more of a vulnerable position, not when things are difficult. But as far as anxiety, do these big life transitions trigger anxiety? I haven't had anxiety since I moved out. But the many, many, many months leading up to the divorce, when we knew that we were going to get divorced, and coming to that decision i definitely had a lot of anxiety but right now again it's kind of back to what i said like inaction is harder than action inaction breeds so much anxiety in my experience whereas action when you take the action when you jump the net appears and it reminds me of what a therapist who i had on my podcast i just posted a reel a few weeks ago with this quote she said The version of you that can handle that thing if and when that thing happens is born into existence when that happens. And that's been my experience over and over and over again. And, you know, I'll just use this situation. For example, like for months I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do that? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? What if this? What if that? How will I do this? What if I don't have Harvey? Like all these things. How am I going to handle that? And Then all of those things happen, and I took the action, and like I could handle it, you know. And you can handle it, whatever the thing is that you might be worried about going through, or that you might be worried about happening. Like there is a version of you that will be born in that moment that can handle that. I promise that. Like you will be okay, and I've been okay. As far as my wellness routines, (laughs) those are. Lacking a little bit right now, I would say. (laughs) And that's fine. One thing about my wellness routines is that they're flexible and they're meant to enhance my life and not be stressful. And I was trying when I first moved out to like wake up and do what I would normally do before I got divorced, right? Which is like wake up, get my matcha, go down, do my meditation, do some breath work maybe do like a gratitude list, like have this slow morning, then start doing some work. I tried doing that last week and I just could not like my brain is just too scattered in the morning and I was finding it really difficult to get through my meditations. And I feel like sometimes that's when I need the meditation the most. But I was just like, this is not comfortable and it's not like enhancing my life in any way I'm not benefiting from this at all I'm just getting frustrated and I will say like in the morning the morning and the night is the hardest for me the morning like I don't really want to sit there for 20 minutes with my thoughts frankly right now so what I'm doing right now is I'm getting up I'm having you know my matcha and then I'm either going to Pilates we're back in our Pilates era everybody Or I'm going for a walk and I'm just moving. And that's kind of a meditation in and of itself. You know, meditation doesn't have to be sitting there like in silence for 20 minutes necessarily. Pilates is amazing because I still get that like mind-body connection. And it is very meditative for me. And same with walking. As I mentioned in this episode, my wellness habits and routines have been a little bit off in this current season of life that I'm in. However, I have been doing this one thing and it kind of affects every aspect of my life. It's kind of this one habit that does it all. And that is of course using my bond charge sauna blanket. This is my absolute favorite thing in the world. So not only does the sauna blanket help with detoxifying, but it also really helps to ease stress and unwind. Obviously I've been dealing with a lot of stress right now and I find this to be so relaxing and it's just something that I really look forward to. So basically the sauna blanket works by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise. So it burns calories while you relax. You can actually burn up to 600 calories in just one session. And then of course the sweating from the infrared sauna sauna helps flush out heavy metals and other toxins. The infrared heat elevates your heart rate while also releasing endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric after your sessions. And it works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than heating the air around you like a traditional sauna. So, this is a game changer for me because when I do a traditional sauna, I feel like I have to keep taking breaks. I feel like it kind of drives me out with the bond charge infrared sauna blanket. I get the same benefits at a lower heat and I don't have to have my head in the heat like in a traditional sauna. I can watch TV. I can work on my phone. I can read. I can do whatever I want to do to multitask and not have my head in that sauna which is huge for me. It's also so easy to set up. It's essentially like an infrared sauna sleeping bag. That's kind of what it looks like. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up rapidly. You can enjoy a session for 30 to 40 minutes, like I said while relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating, etc. They also have other amazing products. So they have things like blue light glasses to red light therapy to EMF management and circadian friendly lighting. Their products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly and with maximum impact. And I'm so excited that they gave me a code for you guys. So go to bondcharge.com blonde and use the code blonde to save 15% off. That's bondcharge.com, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash blonde, and use the code blonde to save 15%. Let's talk about the big O, obesity, obesity. Four in 10 Americans struggle with it, so there should be no shame in the weight game. And gone are the days of juice cleanses, soup diets, hours of cardio. If this cycle sounds familiar to you, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. So with the RowBody program, you can pair a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. So Rho provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. In fact, over 200,000 people have already chosen Rho to help them lose weight. Rho Body Program members have support throughout the process, which is so important. I've had so many experts come on my show and talk about these weight loss shots, but they really emphasize the importance of Having support, So Rose partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. And then if eligible for medication patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions, you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. So this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash blonde and sign up today, and you will pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash blonde. row.co slash blonde. And as far as my other wellness practices, that's kind of it. I will meditate in the afternoon sometimes. That one I can do for some reason, I think, because I've been so busy with work that it's actually kind of a relief in the afternoon to just take that break. But, oh, my God, my nighttime routine has been terrible. I have been going to bed so late, which is definitely not helping. You guys know that I unravel if I don't get eight hours of sleep. And I'm averaging about like six, which is not (laughs) not good because that just magnifies everything. But I've either been like with friends or talking to friends or that's pretty much it until like 10. And then I like do my skincare, shower. I try to read a few pages and then I fall asleep maybe around 11, which is, you know, again, not the norm, but I'm just kind of doing what feels right and what feels good right now. And I mean, being tired doesn't feel good, (laughs) but It feels good to like have that connection, see my friends, you know, hang out with people, go to dinner, be more social instead of like being by myself and doing my normal like get ready for bed at seven o'clock and then read for a few hours. Although I am trying to get back into reading like I don't know why I just cannot like I must have started 15 books and I read five pages and I just can't get into it. So I don't know. But yeah, my wellness habits. Super simple right now. It's just like movement in the morning, meditation, maybe at some point during the day, just to counteract a little bit of the good stress that I have. All of the work stuff is good. It's just a lot, but it's good stress. And that's it. Lots of water. I am hydrated. (laughs) I'm not going for me. What are red flags that I will be looking for now that I didn't look for previously? I don't have any. Again, like there were no red flags that I missed in my last relationship. Like it really was just a matter of different places in our lives. So if anything, I feel like I know what green flags I'm looking for. Like that's kind of how I look at it. I don't really think that there were any red flags. I think that there are just things, again, like back to what I was saying before, values and Things that I know I want the next person that I date or that I'm in a relationship with to have. Most of my energy and attention right now is going towards my career. I have so much happening in the next few months and this year in general that I'm so excited about. I have amazing people working for me that are making it all (laughs) happen. And there's so much coming down the pipeline. I know that I've been like teasing this for so long, but we're getting so close now. And back to what I was saying in the beginning, I just feel very motivated and inspired and excited to share this part of my life with you guys. And, you know, I feel like in the past, although privacy is important to me as well, and I do think that there are certain things that You know, I'll keep off limits maybe for social media. But out of respect for my previous partner, I really didn't share a whole lot of my life and a whole lot of like behind the scenes kind of things. And now I don't really have that anymore. So I can share more. And even just in the last couple of weeks, like I've connected with so many people in kind of a new way who are going through something similar or have gone through something similar, or are thinking about going through something similar. And it just feels nice to be able to be more open. And, you know, my main goal for this year was to really like cultivate this community. And that's something that we're working on doing in different ways. But I think ultimately it starts with me and me being able to be vulnerable and open with you guys and share more of my life. So that's where my energy is going. And then Just to close it out here, somebody asked, how do I remain so positive? I just feel like I have a choice. I can try to look for the negative and complain, or I can be grateful. And I feel like I have it so good. Like, what do I even have to complain about? Maybe because my sober birthday is tomorrow. When you're listening to this, it will have been last week. I'm so grateful. Ten years ago today, I was in an apartment alone in West Hollywood, having seizures, snorting dust off the floor with no friends, nobody in my life, no career, no purpose, no direction, nothing. I didn't even care if I lived or died. So, I have that reference point in my head. And it's like, what do I have to not be positive about right now? I'm so, so, so grateful for everything in my life, even the seemingly bad. I don't even want to call it the bad. You know, I did a TikTok on this a couple of weeks ago. We have this saying in recovery. I've probably talked about it on the podcast too, but the seemingly bad becoming good. And I am not a good person to judge what is good and bad in my life because things that I thought would be so bad and were so bad turned out to be the best things for me. So I really try to stay open and curious and that's how I feel right now. And I guess the whole like theme of this episode really is like I had a really good relationship and we ended it on really good terms. Best case scenario. And I feel like I'm in a really good position right now. And I don't want this to come off conceited or anything. I just feel like I have so much opportunity and I can do anything. And the world is my oyster and I'm really excited. And, you know, again, it's a mixture. It's excited. It's sad. But the main emotion that I have is just so much gratitude, so much gratitude for him, so much gratitude for the last 10 years, my sobriety, so much gratitude for the last eight years that I was in that relationship and gratitude for everyone who's been there (laughs) all of you guys throughout the whole thing or if you're new here not to be like sappy but that's just where I am today so with that (laughs) I'm looking at Ashley I'm grateful for Ashley too she's the best (laughs) that's it that's the tea okay love (laughs) you